human male never seems to progress past adolescence. To the Batmobile. Googly, googly. Let's go. Danger. Let's go. I need a horse. Did Bigfoot take it? You wouldn't like me when I'm wrong, wrong, wrong you know. Yeah. I can fly. Yeah. Here on sex organs. Hello, darling. Welcome to the comic trope. We're in a small room, or are we, in South Carolina, on a very well-lit front porch. The sun is beaming down on us three in rocking chairs. The wind is slowly breezing through my illustrious hair. There's a small dog curled up on a rug in front of us. Oh, it's the life. But then, explosions! I was in California last week, guys. That's why we didn't have a podcast. You were also in Nevada as well. And I was in Nevada. I was in Las Vegas. I hope uh, everyone listening is having a good day. Didn't lose any money in Las Vegas, which was good. I'm here with Smiling Dave and Encyclopedia Black, Sequoia Winston himself. The Comic Trope is a podcast about comics and the culture that surrounds it. Sometimes we go off on t- tangents. We always go off on tangents. But when it comes right down to it, those tangents are usually about, uh, you know, comic book stuff. So how are you guys doing today? I'm tangentially tangerine. How are you? Tangentially tangerine. It's a Flaming Lips song, I think, from the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, album was that off of? Then? That was, uh, is that the one where the you... The Ambulance EP? Is that when you play like... The it in five different radios and it takes you to another dimension. Yeah, basically. Uh, they were here two nights ago, and apparently Wayne rode like a uh, unicorn through the crowd. It was like a light up, blow up unicorn with wheels on it that he rode through the crowd on the floor of the Riz. Fleming Lip shows are more wow. about what he's gonna do he's a, than he's the a, song. He's such an awful singer. I mean, he does not have a good voice. Everything that you hear on the records. Are, are, you know, kind of big and, and bombastic and it's because of the studio magic, but I've seen them live several times. And if it wasn't for the fact that he wore like a CRT television on his head and like piped all the music <laughs> in through like, like I, you know, there was a couple of years ago where on tour they were handing out like handheld radios to the entire crowd and then yeah. he was singing into a radio that broadcasted through all the small radios. If it wasn't for that stuff. The spectacle of it all. I mean, no one would go to, well, some people would go to Flaming Lips, but not nearly as many. But see, I, I like stuff like that because I feel like there's not enough of sure, that yes. in music performance. I mean, it's part of the reason why I, I refuse to go to hip hop shows anymore because I can only watch a dude pace across the stage with a towel in his hand. Yeah, with a towel in his hand, you know, after being late for several hours, you know, like, yeah, there's no performance there. I mean, you know, some guys who put on a show, but yeah, yeah I need more. I need more spectacle. I need my musical performances to be more like my movies. I need weird shit happening. And explosions. I saw saw Run the Jewels on election night. Mm -hmm. Not election night, inauguration night. Yeah. I was about to say, uh, they'd be way more depressed than inauguration. I mean, on election night. Right, yeah. Well, on inauguration night, they got real live. I mean, real live. Especially since that new record's got that Kill Your Master song on it. (laughs) So what are we going to talk about today, guys? I'm going to tell you that we're mostly going to talk about news and mostly about movie news. We're going to actually put in some comic book stuff in there, but that's... Let's say it's probably even. Yeah, because a lot has happened in the two weeks that we haven't recorded. We've we've had a few trailers Mm -hmm. drop. We have had some bullshit uh, come out from our, our Marvel people that we're going to get into. And 
then some stuff that's just boring and we're going to hate on it. Yeah, sure. I'm all for the hate. I'm down. Hate, 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 hate. Two hate, minute hate. hate. Two minute hate. Maybe that should be a new segment. And two, two minute hate with Sequoia hate. Winston. Where you'll just hate on something for two minutes. I feel like, I feel like I'm more the hater than That's anything true. else. It should be smiling, Dave. I'll talk about people's HR departments and their millennium. Millennium Falcons? <laughs> their millennium Falcons. <laughs> Millennial Falcons. Let's talk about it. All right. Uh, I think I'm ready to do an icebreaker. What about you guys? Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Let's do some icebreakers. Some icebreakers. All right, guys. Here's the icebreaker. I was in Las Vegas. I was in Las Vegas, Nevada. I, think I was German for the whale's anus. Uh, it's isn't it Spanish for like the field or something like that? I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. Not, I'm, I might be wrong, and you can Google it to find out really quickly. But it's like the field or the meadow. It's the meadow. The meadow? Yeah, I think so. That's ironic considering that nothing grows there. So here we go. I was in there. What superheroes hang out there or protect it? And what villains villain there or try to fuck shit up there? What do you think? I would love to see a story arc in the late 70s, early 80s where um, the Punisher is set in Vegas back whenever like organized crime was at its like decadent heights in Vegas, <laughs> the end of the seventies where the shit was real bad. That's what I'd like to see. Well, I said, I said, obviously I feel like a uh, long shot <laughs> belongs in Vegas because of the light shows. <laughs> well, no, not because of, not, not cause of, well, yeah, I guess Dazzler would be there because <laughs> yeah. of the light shows. And I'm sure she'd be doing uh, some, some kind of, uh, what do you call it when a celebrity camps out in Vegas? Like they have a show. Yeah. They put on yeah, like, yeah. an extended, uh, or, an extended, yeah, whatever the stay, extended stay or yeah. whatever the hell. But, uh, no long shot just because of his luck altering abilities. Mm-hmm. I think his three fingers. Four fingers? I can't remember. I think it is three fingers. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Daredevil? I think there it would be a good, that could be a good. Too point. much sensory overload. Yeah. Why he can't see? <laughs> yeah, but it's too much noise. Like, well, how would he fight in a casino? Well, that's a lot of noise. That's what I'm York. saying. That would be a really good. I think that would be a good plot point. He's going in there and it's just too much. Well, plus, I mean, the thing is, Vegas is big, but Vegas isn't that big. I mean, like. You have the strip, and then everything else around it is just flat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's not not a lot of territory to cover. Now, what if there was a story arc wherein the kingpin got his ass beat one too many times out in Hell's Kitchen? He's like, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna go legit and legit, right?" In air quotes, and go get a casino. Um, and then, you know, to your point, either Daredevil or Punisher or somebody gets wind of the fact that he isn't legit. And there's a, just a small, like three or four issue story arc where the kingpin is set up shop at the top of a Vegas tower. And then there's gotta be some rage shit where Punisher and Daredevil have to climb the casino all the way up and fucking fight their way to the top to kingpin. Actually wouldn't be bad. That sounds pretty dope, right? A la game of death yep. or, or the yeah, raid or raid. dread or. Yeah. All right. So what people who are there now could be villains? Or could be superheroes. Penn and Teller, villains or superheroes? Probably villains. They're really smart. <laughs> Wait a minute. Here's the twist. One of them is the villain and one of them is a superhero and they don't know it. Well, obviously, Penn is the villain. Why do you say that? I don't know. Just because he's the real talkative, smarty one. Yeah. And he cut Teller's tongue out. 
Yeah, and now Teller's just a mute hero trying to find his way. He befriends a, a down on her luck whore, and they have to battle pin together. Uh, or Celine Dion. <laughs> Wait, she's not a down on her luck whore. She still does pretty well. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. That's my, uh, it's my Homeland's jewel. Celine Dion? Yeah. Thought not- it was Pamela Anderson. Both. Two jewels. Different kind of necklaces. <laughs> Mike Myers? Um, just a nice, just all around nice guy. Have you ever heard anyone say anything bad about that guy? He makes him make the love guru. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. His movies are always great, but I bet if you met him, you'd be like, yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, probably. He's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you also made Justin Bieber, so. That was Ooh. a mistake. Yeah. But he came to the United States. See, all the real bad ones, like, leave. They get, like, forced out. Like, if you get a transplant and, like, <laughs> it doesn't work, your body just forces it out. That's what happens to all the Americans that are accidentally born in Canada. You guys want to talk about some news? You guys want to talk about some news? News. Who wants to talk about news? I want to talk about the news. Yeah, that's the one we'll use. It's not going to be nothing, and then all of a sudden, Dave, I want to talk about the news. Should we get into something that gets the blood boiling, or do we want to e- ease into it? Let's ease into it. You want hey, to ease into then it? We get amped up later. Can we get me? Can we get me for these shows like a little child's drum kit so that I can do the "What's up with that thing?" Like while one's talking, it's gonna be vivacious. It's gonna be bodacious. It's gonna be vivacious. Talk about new school, old school, pop tart, Robocop. We. What's up with that? What up with that, man? <laughs> so how long do you think the Justice League movie should be? Because apparently everyone has a lot of thoughts about it. Well, we all know how long it's actually going to be. I don't give a fuck what, how long you think it should be, but I'm going to tell you right now it's going to be two hours and then probably 23 minutes. <laughs> Minimum. Yeah. It's going to be a long as hell movie because Zack Snyder can't seem to help himself in that regard. I mean, pretty much from... I mean, 300, that was a decent length, but... I mean, everything after that. Yeah. And Sucker, Sucker, Punch. Punch. Sucker Punch feels like it's four and a half hours long. I, it might actually be 90 minutes. I think it's longer than that, but it, it feels much, much longer. Well, everyone, I guess, two weeks ago, since we haven't spoken a little bit, were like, it's going to be 200 minutes long. Not really. I think it was like a buck 80 or something. And then since then, people from the movie have come out and been like, it's, it's going to be long. But it's not going to be that long. And It'll be 170 minutes. Just calm down. <laughs> and I think the correct answer is, you know, it doesn't matter how long is it no, is. No, it doesn't. As long as the pacing of the film allows it, right? Like, why does everyone really care? Well, it's it's going to have to be long, and not just because Snyder's directing it. You've got a lot of a lot of backstory to put in there because most of these characters we will have never seen before. We do get Wonder Woman the month before, right? Wonder Woman is this summer. Justice League is November. So, I mean, there's time. But, I mean, you've still got to introduce... you got to have some, somewhat of an origin for Cyborg. I don't think they can do too much of an origin for Aquaman because he is getting his own movie. And Flash, I don't even know if you really need to lay the groundwork for that because that's already been done by the show. So, you can kind of introduce them without going too much into detail. But Cyborg, I think a lot of people are going to be unfamiliar with. I mean... Teen Titans or, or Teen Titans go aside. I mean, yeah, they've, I think his origin is going to play prominent into this story. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, I don't care how long it is, just as long as I'm not 
bored during that length of time. Yeah, and that was my problem with both Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad is that I was just bored the whole time. And there were moments like, you know, there weren't moments in Suicide Squad, but there were moments in Batman versus Superman was like, all right, cool, great. Like, this is a good pace. I can, I can dig this. Um, I mean, it obviously needs, uh, more shots of Batman pumping iron, right? That's what it needed. (laughs) 30 more minutes of, uh, montage of, uh, Bruce Wayne working out. We need a montage. That's popping uh, out in the cave. To me, that's all that that was. I really want to see Aquaman just like doing push-ups with starfish. That's what I want. Now he uses the more of a kind of an elastic band. He gets an eel. Training. He gets an eel with some kelp. Yeah, and just pulls them shits. Yeah. Work that kelp. All right, so he does his kelpal exercise. Before we talk about the Justice League trailer. What if Superman's bad in this? What is the bad Superman called? So I've got a, I've got a theory about this because Henry Cavill, his name's all in the credits, but we have not seen any footage of him yet. Yeah. And there was something that kind of came out, whether it was real or not, uh, months ago where it's Henry Cavill sporting a beard, apparently for this movie, and kind of scraggly looking hair. And it looks like he's wearing the... the uh, the black resurrection outfit he wore, you know, mm-hmm. during the death or return of Superman story. Energy Superman. Yeah. So my theory is this, this, the mm-hmm. movie has to kind of climax with a big battle against step, Steppenwolf and the armies of apocalypse. And my theory is this is going to be towards the end of the film. I think that we'll see Superman come back, but I was speculating that perhaps Superman doesn't necessarily come back with the Justice League as one of their friends, that mm-hmm. maybe the play is Darkseid or one of his minions is responsible for resurrecting Superman. And perhaps the Justice League have to fight him mm-hmm. first. And then maybe at some point he does a turn and helps the Justice League. But I feel like that's the reason we're not seeing it, because I think that might be the big... Surprise at the end. We haven't seen Superman in any of the trailers. We haven't heard anything about Superman. To me, if they don't make Superman bad, if they don't give us a dark Superman, I think it's a miss. Because I want to watch the movie in which the Justice League fights Superman. We know it's not going to be this one, but I'd assume that there's... We're trying to get a Justice League 2, right? Well, I don't think it necessarily has to be them fighting him, but I think he's going to have to swoop in at the last minute. Yeah. Either I, to fight against him or to help them. Yeah, and I, I think that no matter what direction they decide to go with it, um, and I mean, we'll, we'll see because they they did show you everything that was going to happen in Batman vs. Superman in those like final lead-up trailers with mm-hmm. you know Doomsday and everything. Whatever they decide to do, it really would be beneficial for them in whatever capacity Superman is used in this film to not show any of him at all, at all. Because I think everyone, that's that's kind of cool. We all know he's going to be in it. We don't know in what capacity, and that's A-OK with me. Because I would I would love to be surprised in no matter, you know, what you know, he situation he decides to show up in. Like, oh, shit, okay, all right. Sequoia was right. Or, oh, man, Sequoia, like, we didn't even, you know, talk about this as a possibility. Yeah. Either way, that's a much more beneficial and rewarding thing. Um, and I don't think that with this many well-recognized superheroes, you have to worry about needing to trade on the Superman name in order to get people into the seats. Yeah, plus... It's not the Justice League without Superman. It's bad enough they don't have Martian Manhunter. And I understand why they haven't 
done anything with Green Lantern yet because they still have to give people enough time to forget about how terrible the Ryan Reynolds movie was. I mean, how many years has it been since the terrible Spider-Man movie? Two? Three? It hadn't been that long. Yeah, but they had a bunch of good Spider-Mans before that. Easier to forgive. Two? (laughs) (laughs) I thought the... I never saw Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man was good. And that was what made us... Actually, Blake and I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2 together, and we left, and we were like, I mean, it was fun. It it was kind of like a... Well, I wanted it to be better. It was more campy than I thought it would be. It was super campy. And then, you know, after it sank in, we were like, yeah, it probably wasn't good. I won't watch it again. Um, But going back to the Justice League and the trailer, I have a few questions about the trailer that I was hoping you guys could clear up for me. Mm. Cyborg... And that box. So the character Cyborg has something to do with that magic box. The God box. Is that what they're called? They're, they're called Mother Boxes. Mother Boxes, that's Mother right. Boxes. Okay, so is Cyborg, is was he made out of a Mother Box? So that is his origin as of the New 52. Right. It's always been that Vic Stone was in some horrible accident and his father, who was a, yeah. a whatever, was cybernetic specialist, specialist or whatever, like a- restored his son by giving him a cybernetic body. Um, but the, but I mean, the thing is we live in a more or less an age of cyborgs where we have people walking around with prosthetics. So that isn't really interesting or sexy enough. So what they decided when they relaunched, um, the justice league with the new 52 was that his father used a combination of earth technology as well as, um, I guess that would be uh, fourth world technology with the mother box. Mm-hmm. So he has human or earth earthling and alien technology in his body. Do we know where this mother box came from uh, for this movie? I don't know the specifics, but okay. supposedly what the story is supposed to be is that there were three mother boxes. And the way the mother boxes work in the in DC comics is that um, different characters possess them. And they're sort of... Ironically enough, they're sort of uh, smartphones before there ever were smartphones. I mean, you can ask them the box a question and it'll give you an answer. Mm-hmm. It can open up a portal known as a boom tube to give you um, access to, you know, other worlds or dimensions. Great name. So uh, I think from what I understand that there were three mother boxes that were separated and given to three different realms. One to the Amazons on Themyscira, one to the Atlanteans, and the third one, I don't know who it was given to, but somehow it winds up in the possession of Victor Stone's father. Okay. Um, but supposedly the, uh, uh, what do you call them? The apocalyptians? Yeah. Uh, basically dark side people. They're trying to gain the three mother boxes to somehow give to, I guess, I don't know, resurrect or give Darkseid access to Earth. So that makes sense why then we see, for a short clip, the fight that's happening with Wonder Woman and her people. Right, right. So we see a, a short clip of that. Uh, Cyborg's suit looks kind of over-CGI for me. Yeah, but I feel like that's the only way to really go about it. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, honestly, you look at anybody who wears some kind of armor, it's always CGI. I mean, Robert I Downey Jr. and, uh, Don Cheadle, all they're mm-hmm. wearing are mocap suits to, uh, project armor over them. Same thing with Michael Shannon for Man of Steel. I mean, he's just wearing a bodysuit. So, you know, I, it's more practical than actually building a suit of armor. 
Plus, I know a lot of people have complained about the look of Cyborg. Like, you know, he looks too, his legs are real skinny looking mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I felt like if you go with the more bigger, bulkier thing, he's just going to look like Iron Man from the neck down. Yeah. And you want to emphasize that he is all prosthetic. So yeah. by giving him something that's more proportionate to human legs or arms. It's it is like, armor. It's his body. Yes, yeah, his yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah, but RoboCop did that. Yeah, but RoboCop was 87. We didn't have well, I'm CGI. Talking about the, I'm talking about the last RoboCop that came out. It was PG-13. Are you sure that wasn't CGI? Oh, no. It was or at CGI. least a portion no, of no, it? No, no. I'm sorry. I, what I, my point was that I think that you can you can make a robot cyborg look more believable than cyborg in this movie, and it'd be CGI. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's very stylized. I mean, it's, uh, I think a lot of people say that he looks like a, a Michael Bay Transformer. Yes, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, there's yeah. there's absolutely time for us to see a a more well-rounded cyborg. And, you know, it's it's being nitpicky. Dude, it's fucking cyborg. I mean, it's just like, God. <laughs> you know how much I hate that character. <laughs> he sucks. And you know how I feel, why I feel the way I do about cyborg? Yes. You don't like the actor. Nope. That's um, not it. That's not you it. hate the color blue. Nope. Also uh, not it. It's because I like the color green, and I feel like there could easily have been a man of color in that outfit as opposed to some bullshit garbot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we need a we need a vision <laughs> replicant, I'll, right? Uh, we need we need Justice League to have their own vision. Let's bring in Martian Manhunter. I mean, he's basically Superman. I mean, that, that and that and that's honestly why you're not going to see Martian Manhunter mm-hmm. is because he is super. Actually, he's better than Superman. Like, you want to get really down to it. He's got all of Superman's powers plus other shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. This for me, man. Cyborg belongs with the Titans and not with the Justice League. It's, it just doesn't work. Well, and he's he's also. I mean, he's kind of a shitty character too. Like he's not. I mean, they've definitely made him better over the years, but like yeah. original Cyborg is kind of a doo-doo C-grade character. Oh, I could talk to machines. Well, yeah, anybody who knows how to use a computer can talk to a machine, <laughs> right? <laughs> drummer is cooler than you are, dog. Yeah, exactly. Put, just put the drummer on the Justice League. Whatever. He could cross over. Say, I got a big gun arm. Whatever, man. Get out of here. <laughs> you ding-dong. Talking about powers that kind of suck aquaman seemed pretty cool in this i'm sorry he did and i think that's that speaks to the strength of jason momoa and his likability yeah well they're and you know they're they're basically saying come be jason momoa from the sea yeah they're not saying come be arthur aquaman they're saying hey just come be fucking call drogo except instead of you know living on a dusty plane with horses you ride seahorses in a fucking sea universe and he's he's basically the lord of seahorses. Well, plus, I mean, other than what Super Friends or Batman: Brave and the Bold, or hell, even Justice League Unlimited for that matter. I mean, what? How do you play Aquaman? What is Aquaman's persona like? And in this, it looks like he's going to be a comedic character that is just as serious as Batman, but takes the shit out of Batman. Yes. And he's just like a drunken madman from the sea who has powers. I think that that is going to work well with um, Bruce Wayne with Batman. I think that it's going to be a fun. I, I don't know, man. They're <laughs> you. You need somebody to take the piss out of Batman. You do. You absolutely do because it's it's necessary because he is too brooding. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think that it, it's going to. I don't th- see any of the other characters really being able to do that. The Flash. Flash. Yeah. I think Flash is going to be played for well, humor. Yeah. Well, Flash is going to be like the Peter Parker humor. Yeah. Like the yeah. like the boy 
boy wonder humor kind of stuff. Um, as far as Aquaman is concerned, though, I, I think that Jason Momoa will probably do a better job of it than most anybody they might have cast in that role, especially with the tone that they're going for. Uh, but I mean, there's already a huge miss in the trailer with that, that back and forth between Batman and Aquaman. I was like, mm. this is what I got to look forward to. Like the one you put in the trailer is not good. Which so- was the one? What? Remind me what happens in it. It's, it's the one where they're standing like kind of on the rocks. And first off, where the fuck are they? There, there, there's a dark gray sky in like in every goddamn movie that this man directs. Yeah. There may or may not be some water around them. Who knows? And they're standing. It's like wonder Woman. wherever it was. He had to get there by horseback. Yeah. He like, couldn't take a boat. Apparently. Well, the bad horse needs to be used in at least one movie. <laughs> Alfred, I like that. Alfred, <laughs> bring me the bat horse. It's it's just a horse, Bruce. But it's a black horse. It's, but it, it is black, and I did put some wings over its. It's got this weird its, mask. Its it's wearing leather. It's wearing it's leather. A, it's a as horse. you asked. Yes. It's just. I don't know, man. Like, think about some of the the witty banter that have that have come in the the previous Zack Snyder films. It's not. I thought she was with you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, no, dickhead. She's with you because you remember you asked her for some help and she turned you down. And yeah, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Oh, well. Uh, well, can we talk about that badass um, robot that Batman's in? That's like a spider that's moving through the tunnels. Did you see that? Yeah, he's got some kind of crawler vehicle or yeah, whatever. That thing looked pretty cool. It's just another toy to sell. But that's what Batman's all about. All Batman yeah, where does is he get toys. those wonderful toys. Yeah. Well, you know, what's your powers? I'm rich. Yes, that and that is true. So you know what? We might as well see a bunch of weird stuff like Bat Horse and Spider Robot thing. But but and here and here's and here's how I'm gonna push back on that. Like that's that's an okay line. Like I, 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 you know, I chuckled at that one a little mm. bit, but that's a line that we've already seen Tony Stark give people. Sure. In these movies, like Robert Downey Jr. has already given that better than Ben Affleck has. Yeah, but I mean, it would be better know. if someone asked Tony Stark, "What's your power?" and he just said, "I'm drunk." Well, no, you get that line in Avengers when uh, Captain America's like, "What are you without your suit?" And he's like, uh, "Billionaire, playboy, <laughs> philanthropist." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're pretty awesome without it." Still, so <clears throat> that's true. Um, things I don't really care about in the trailer. When Aquaman jumps off of the Batmobile, I didn't like that. Like, I don't like Aquaman himself through the air. Yeah, I don't like Aquaman, like, riding on top of the Batmobile. It's just weird to me. Now, that screams, like, like, play school, play set. Like, (laughs) like, with launching Aquaman action. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What any of this stuff is, is somebody playing with the action figures to come up with a. With an action scene, I mean... I play with my action figures and come up with awesome movies, so... Exactly. I mean, like I said, I I just hope the movie doesn't feel too busy. I I hope it flows well. We're still in the same problem that we have been in the past few movies, is that we don't have... We don't have the single movies of all these characters to help build to fruition a grand event style movie. And that's what we're getting here. I don't, I think this is the grand event. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is DC's 
approach is, no, we're not trying to compartmentalize everything to build up to this big thing like uh, Avengers Infinity. Because originally, you know, the big event was trying to get just to Avengers. Now it's trying to get to this big ultimate crossover. In space. Yeah, in space with all the Marvel characters. And I think DC's just like, nah, fuck that. We just want to be able to put out movies, you know, showcasing our characters. And if they do well individually, you know... Then great. That's well, that's the thing. Is that a reaction to the piss poor job that they've done so far? Saying like, well, I mean, this, we're at the spot now where this is what we're going to do, or you know, is it you know that they could have done that and it would have been better if they had, and not necessarily they copied Marvel's formula. I'm not necessarily suggesting that, but are they where they are now and and choosing their direction based upon the mistakes they've already made? I think. I think initially, like saying from Green Lantern on, maybe their goal was to do individual movies and then work their way up to Justice League. But I think they're just scrapping that and saying to hell with it. Like, if we can do a Justice League movie, great. And if we can get out, crap out a Flash movie and Aquaman movie and maybe a Cyborg film. Ugh. Yeah. Um, fine. But, you know, if that Cyborg movie sucks, we won't make another one. You know, but we keep doing, you know, flash movies if that proves to be uh, fruitful. Well, and the other big thing, too, is is that Marvel has had incredible success with taking characters that no one has any real recognition for, like mm-hmm. they, as, as a mainstream, you know, movie going audience or a, a, a pop culture audience. They've been really good at being able to take those characters and then spin successful franchise out of them. Whereas DC goes in um, and is like, you know, fuck. And I'm not necessarily that they, saying that they say, Fuck the hard work. Let's just put out a character that everyone universally recognizes and it'll make the same amount of money as the shit that Marvel does because they kind of are in a position where they can do that. I mean, Batman and Super versus Superman is arguably worse than anything Marvel has ever done. And yet it's on par with making the kind of money that Avengers made or, you know, Captain America Civil War made. Like they're, they're making shitloads of money on this stuff. And even a bootleg ass fucking movie like Suicide Squad still made Oscar winning. Suicide Squad <laughs> still made a shitload of money. Yeah. But, and, and no one in China is going to see Doctor Strange. Somebody, some people in China are going to see Doctor Strange, but everybody in China is going to go see fucking Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about Filipino Batman and Robin. This, I mean, th- these are characters and properties which do, which have been zeitgeist for decades, mm. almost a century now. And not just in America. They're the Coca-Cola logo. They're the McDonald's logo. Yes. And so I don't think – I think Warner Brothers is – it's it's partly because of mistakes they've made in the past and partly because they just fucking don't have to, which is also why they don't take risks on characters like Martian Manhunter or um, you know, any of the other interesting characters they could potentially bring into these movies that they just don't because they're focused on those ones that people will know sight unseen. Well, I mean I think you know what it is is right now – Comic book movies are very popular, particularly, you know, comic book superhero movies. Right. Um, but the thing is, you know, they're kidding themselves. Anybody, any studio is kidding themselves. If they think this gravy train is going to last forever. So I think Warner Brothers is like, we got to do this soon because eventually this stuff's going to fall out of fashion. And we don't want to have not tried to do anything or something. Um to kind of throw our hat into the ring. Because like I said, I mean, Marvel's, I mean, DC's track record of movies have been fine since, or up and down since the seventies. I mean, yeah. you know, Superman I, one granted, two. I went on that. Yeah. Superman one, two. 
the Batman films. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jonah Hex was a piece of crap, but you know they also had successes with V for Vendetta and Watchmen. Yeah, I mean, so they can always go back to that formula. But the fact of the matter is, right now, if they want to make money off of doing a Flash movie, they better do it now while there's still an audience for it. Because one day there will not be. You're saying they better do it quickly. The thing about that is, and I, I agree, it's not going to last forever. But I think that it's hard to look at the fact that we're in year 13 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. Yeah. So there's something to be said about you probably could have taken a little time to try some of this stuff. And I'm I'm not knocking DC for the, you know, the way they initially approached this. I'm knocking DC um, and certainly not even knocking DC for the way they're using their properties. Cause I agree. They need to make money while they can make money because who knows when the bubble will burst. No one knows. And that's why you have to do this right now. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they drug their heels for a long time. They made some mistakes and they were too slow to recover from those mistakes. And so now, you know, we get what we get and there's a potential that these movies might be good, but they've had a really crap track record for the last, at least the last two or three years. Yeah. Post uh, um, uh, Nolan. Also, really quickly, while we're on the subject of that Justice League trailer, what do we think? Good, bad, just from the, the trailer we've seen? Indifferent. I have to see the actual film. Okay. I, I mean, it was well, what I expected. No, but rate the trailer. Is it a bad trailer or a good trailer? No, I think it was a good trailer. Wait I was a, minute. a little. I thought the use of the Beatles come together was a bit dubious. Um. It's just, and, and you know, I have issues with Zack Snyder, his use of soundtracks, you know, I have it's an, a little too on the nose. I have an issue with this thing that's happened for the past two or three years where they take like a old song and cover it, oh, you know, Jesus. like we had the Transformers, whatever night movie doing, um, what was it, the cover of, uh, Flaming Lips. Do you realize? Do you realize? It's like, oh, all right. Yeah, then, but the, the Watchmen soundtrack and its covers, like yes. Desolation Row by, the, by, by My Chemical Romance, like they fucking killed that shit. They did. Sure, but... Uh, in the, in the low-key fucking Jimi Hendrix version of All Along the Watchtower, there's a lot of Bob Dylan songs on there that were covered. Some of them have been covered and are like really well-known covers, and some of them are newer covers, and all of them are fantastic. So here's the thing. <laughs> this, the music was good in the Watchmen, but where they were used in the Watchmen, oh, I disagree. There too, was man. not good. The the fuck scene where there's having sex. Everything was so media. literal. It was so literal. It was it was so silly. No man, all uh, on the Watchtower plan when they fly. To no, Antarctica. there were some scenes where it worked, and I mean, this is probably one of the few rare examples where he does a good job with it. But then Sucker Punch, which is fucking terrible, yeah. and they're playing fucking Bjork's Army of Me yeah. and uh, that shitty version of White Rabbit. I mean. You know, and of course, it's the scene with the uh, Huey helicopter f- mm-hmm. from Viet, you know, from Vietnam. It's just like, okay, Zach, we get it. Oh, we understand. I mean, I think too often he allows the music to try and inform what we're supposed to be thinking about a certain scene. Exactly. Like, just let us feel the scene. Don't tell us what to feel because of the music that you pick. Exactly. Like, don't be so fucking literal. It's too much of, it's too music video. Like, yeah, but I mean, agreed. like I said, I've, I've always been a Zack Snyder fan ever since Dawn of the Dead. And I will go watch anything that guy does. And, I don't think he's perfect, but I don't think he's a fucking piece of garbage like a lot of people like to make him out to be. You he's know? definitely not a piece of garbage. I think that he's too wrapped up in his own style. Yeah. But no, the trailer, I, I'm fine with it. I liked it. But I got to see the movie. So apparently Brad Pitt is not going to be Cable in Deadpool 2. Whoop. 
Wow. I never thought he was, was going to I was going to say a big surprise Well, there. if we would have recorded last week, I would have been like, extra, extra, read out about it. Brad Pitt to be cable, too. Dude, I feel like in the last few months, I've heard about so many different people potentially playing cable. I didn't John even Hamm, have time Pierce to process. Yeah, but fucking Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. I mean, that came out of the blue last week, and so I never knew Brad Pitt was even in the running. If you would listen to this podcast and I would have recorded last week, you would. <laughs> That's the that's the wrong order. You first would have had to have recorded the podcast, then we would have had to have listened yeah, to it. And, and granted, I mean, Marvel's way of do, going about this is different than, say, Fox Studios. But the fact of the matter is, is that ain't nobody trying to hire some twenty million a film actor to play a character for a potential franchise. That's too much money to have to pay somebody. And I don't even know if if, if Brad's in the twenty million club or not. I'm but. sure he is. I can't. Yeah, in a short list of people that I would just guess off the top of my head in Hollywood who would be, he would certainly be on there. Yeah, I, I have no reason to doubt it. But I mean, but he also kind of needs to reintroduce himself because the past few films that he's done have kind of you know they've been good, but they've been very like Hollywood passable films. Like, oh yeah, Brad Pitt's in another good movie. It's it hasn't none of his movies. I believe have really like connected with new generations of people. Well, actors only need to reinvent themselves if and when they stop making money or they stop getting hired to do films. And Brad Pitt isn't in a place where he's not being hired to do films. No, but he's being he's kind of cornered himself in a certain type of in the certain types of films. And I don't think anyone can argue that this wouldn't be in his wheelhouse. Like this is definitely not in his wheelhouse if no. he would have chose to do it. And then in in my opinion, introducing himself in a different role to a different audience. Well, see, I haven't seen, I have not consciously gone to see a Brad Pitt movie since World War Z. And that wasn't even for Brad Pitt. That was for zombies. Well, I like the book or Inglorious Bastards. But I mean, the fact of the matter is it's been a long fucking time since Fight Club and yeah. 12 Monkeys. And that was in seven. I yeah. mean, that was, those were the three movies like fucking Snatch. Brad Pitt. That's my dude. Snatch. Yeah. Snatch. I mean, he had a he had a streak there where like he, he could do no wrong, and I don't give a fuck about Alan. No, I don't either. But um, just because it wasn't a good movie, uh, but the the Ocean's movies, I mean, those lasted longer, and those yeah, were but that was fantastic. Take your pit. That was, I mean, that was ensemble cast. To me, that yeah. was also just like a Hollywood jerk off. Like yeah. it, to me, not really great movies is just like, hey, I want to see a movie with all the stars. That's oh, kind of how this. I would. That's exactly how I would describe Steven Soderbergh's films, though. Like Steven <laughs> Soderbergh just makes Hollywood jerk off films. <laughs> oh fuck! George Clooney's in space and he lost his wife. It's a remake of a French film. Ugh. More like Actually, George Gooey. I think the original Gooey? Solaris was, Gooey. Was, was Russian. Yeah. Yeah. Aquaman. Nicole Kidman confirmed. Aquaman's mom, the queen. I think one of my favorite things about superhero movies are the kinds of off-the-wall... What's the right word here? Um, Redheads? No. (laughs) Off-the-wall, like, Hollywood... Like staples, they're able to pull in to play family members, like aging family yeah. members of Superman. Queen Atlanta. Like, so, so. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman <laughs> in, in this film, or fucking, uh, Marissa Tomei as, as Aunt May. Or Anthony Hopkins as yes, Odin. Russell Crowe as uh, Shit, fucking Morgan, Kal-El. That's funny. Morgan Freeman needs to get some of this action. I, I was don't know about, who. You know be, what? Would he Let's be do Cyborg's that, father? Would he be <laughs> putting No, they got, um. Yeah, I know, but. Oh, God. Joe, I can't remember his last name. Yeah. You're a serious actor or actress. Would you like to be paid a lot of money to be the uncle of said superhero? Well, <laughs> well, part of it is the technique. I mean, if you want to go back to Iron Man, the first one, I mean, uh, Terrence Howard was the first person they casted for that film playing, 
you know, Rhodey. Uh, yeah, James Rhodes. And that's such a, I mean, it's not a major character, but I mean, the whole technique is, oh, if we have this big name actor yeah. in here, it's a draw. It's, it gives our film gravitas and it doesn't seem like, you know, some shitty knockoff film. So, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon remake is happening. So that's my favorite Universal monster. Mm. And they have fucked, so they have fucked it two different ways over the years because really the only thing that's any good are the first handful of films from the 30s. Yeah. Period. The end. Um, anytime they've attempted it, they've attempted to do it as like some bullshit new age thing. Um, well, so look at, look at other movies that Universal has done wherein there's an unnamed creature. Mm-hmm. It isn't necessarily from a black lagoon. Mm-hmm. Like it isn't like they'll, they'll find something crazy. I'm trying to think of an example, uh, but the names are failing me because I can't remember if like stuff like the relic or, um, uh, movies like that in the nineties were kind of their attempt to, to do the new take on creature and things like that. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it was the relic, but it was a film like that where it wasn't a creature from a swamp in you know, South America or whatever. It was, you know, some crazy shit where it came from space and this is how we introduced the new creature, you know, right. because that's what people are about now. Not the unknown in a, in a, in a stretch of the Amazon. It's the unknown from a distant star. Like that's what the kids want. Right. And uh, the idea that we might get something that hopefully would be a period piece, like a, like a 1930s adventure, like Indiana Jones type thing right. where they do encounter some shit on safari. <clears throat> now, now that would be fucking dope. Yeah. I, I don't think that I, but I don't honestly do not think that's what we're going to get because I mean, this is part of that whole universal attempt to revive their monster movie franchise. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they had that thing back during the nineties where they put out, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, uh, Uh, the Jack Nicholson wolf, which does not fucking count. But all that stuff was like vintage period piece. Right, yeah. um, they did the mummy, the mummy, which was, 19, that was a period one. And uh, same thing. I mean, eventually 19, when they put out the wolf man, and, yeah. and, you know, the mummy has to do well and be good. And then Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde has to do well for this to even get green lit. Well, no, I bet you the mummy, if the mummy does well, this will get a director attached to it. Right now we just have a writer. And it's the same guy who did Aquaman. I don't want a modernized creature from the Black Lagoon. I don't think that it has to be modernized. No, it will be modernized because if this is supposed to be one succinct universe. It does, but that's making some assumptions. Making assumptions that um, the, the creature has to age. I mean, it could be like a, here's the background of the, like, this is the story from way back when. Yeah. Like this is what happened. Like this is the backstory. And then halfway through the movie. Well, I mean, all we got is a writer right now. So, you know, Mm. who's the writer? Will Beale to pen a remake of this classic horror. His name is Will Beale. William B-E-A-L-L. Will Bill. Hey, Will Bill. Why don't you go write me something good about them creatures? Uh, <laughs> Allie McBeal, I think, is writing this one. Yep. Calista Flockhart, you guys. He wrote. Is she still um, married to Harrison Ford? I think so. Yeah. God damn. Good on them. It made it work. I, that's some shit I would have never thought worked. She Does she still need to eat 20 years later? I don't know. Watch Supergirl. Isn't she still on there? Yeah, I, I've never. I've watched one whole piece of a Supergirl episode that was on that somebody was watching on their lunch break at work and it was her fighting somebody in a uh, junkyard and she threw some tires at a monster. Oh. And I was like, yeah, I'm so I I know why I don't watch this show because look <laughs> at that bullshit. Hey, did you guys hear that Stan Lee is not yeah. as sick anymore and is 94 years old? I didn't know he was sick. Yeah, I didn't know he was sick either. Yeah, he got better. Good. 
That's, that's my news, guys. Moving on. No, he's, he, <laughs> he just, had a cold. He beat it. Hey, guys, he beat his cold. So he just did the two cameos for uh, Avengers Infinity War, and and he also did Black Panther. I don't know. What, he, what do you think he's going to be in Black Panther? What do you think he's going to show up as? He's going to be a, a a vibranium merchant during a bad a trade gone bad. That I'm getting good. out of here, and he runs away and shit. <laughs> what about Infinity uh, War? What do you think he is? I don't know. I loved his cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy, though, where he's like hollering at like an alien woman. Yeah, and uh, Rocket goes, <laughs> "Look at this guy right here, Class A prevert." <laughs> that was good. So something like that. He'll be a vibranium salesman in space. 94. 94, man. 94. What if I lived in 94? You be won't. amazing. You Don't won't. say that. <laughs> if you told me that I wouldn't, I would I'd be like, you're right. How could I? You might. You don't have, you have like no body fat. I'm not living in 94. I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> if the cops don't get me fucking the salt blood pressure. <laughs> Oh, it's true. Um, yeah, watch out for the sugars. Like pretty much anything white, just stay away from it. Cops, salt, sugar, women, women. <laughs> oh, we're so screwed. God damn. Paper cuts. You just got to be real careful, dog. Whatever you do. Um, it's kind of topical. It's got yeah. nothing to do with Stan Lee, but it has to do with age. There was an article this week. Uh, Britain's oldest living man uh, on March 30th turned 109 years old, and he received a birthday card from the Queen. She actually mailed it to – or she, her people mailed it to him, right? Mm-hmm. And he he picked it up at the post, and he took it back to the counter where his P.O. box was. And he was like, hello, I'd like to have this returned to sender. And the woman goes – this is this is from the queen. And he goes, yeah, yeah. I don't want a birthday card from her. She looks fucking miserable. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow. So Rick and Morty mm. season three episode one streamed on um, April Fools, and everyone thought it was April's Fool joke. April's Fools. How do you say April Fools? April's, April's Fool, Fool joke. April's Fool joke? No, I, April's Fools. I, no, it's an April Fools. Yeah, it's just the one word. April mm. Fools Day. April Fools. Joke. April Fools joke. So and the he, joke that happened to be on April first wasn't a joke. It streamed live, live. Yeah. And now you got to go pirate that shit if you want to watch it. Yeah, we got a link to it if you guys or would just like it. Fucking I'll send it to wait you. till they launch the whole season. Well, are I, they going to Netflix it? Are they going to do that? No, oh, no, it'll be on Cartoon Network. I Ugh. think that's where their deal is. Um, is with Cartoon Network. So it's funny because a lot of people, even while the episode was going, was because it's actually April Fool's themed. The episode is a lot of people were like, holy shit, this is their way of saying they're actually like never. So they proved this wrong. They actually did this episode and they live streamed it. They're actually the whole point of this episode is probably to tell us season three is never actually coming out because they weren't able to reach you know a deal or they come up with enough good material. And so they're giving us this is kind of, you know, like, sorry, mm. like Dave Chappelle, like, here's the lost episodes, like, wow. whatever. Um, but it, watching the episode, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Uh, like I said, I've got a link to it. I'll send it to you guys. Okay. But it's it's got to be hard to write those episodes and get them out in any sort of like actual time frame because they're so dense, especially for an animated show. <laughs> Yeah. It's a good-ass show. It is, man. One of the best shows on TV. Batgirl movie. Josh Wheaton to direct standalone film. I'll say say Wheaton again. Joss. Joss Wheaton. Sorry. It's all right. I'm not mad at you. He might be. Josh? (laughs) Except for, you know, Josh Wheaton's getting all them great emails. He's like, you know I'm not Joss Wheaton, right? 
Josh.Whedon at gmail.com. Check it out. Did you ever see that skit where Matt Damon was on SNL and he's like in the park feeding pigeons and somebody walks up to him in like a lab coat and he's like, fuck you. And he's like, whoa, man, what are you doing? He's like, you're Matt Damon. He's like, look, man, if you don't like my films, like that's fine, but you don't have to accost me when you see me feeding the pigeons in the park. He goes, no, I'm Matt Damon, the nuclear physicist. I want you to know no one knows who I am. I've cured cancer. They wouldn't even use it because they told me I wasn't Matt Damon enough. (laughs) So back girl what do you think uh so i guess my question comes down to is this going to be young batgirl like you know origin story or this is going to be older established batgirl is there is she gonna get her back broken so there's some <laughs> boo there's some it ru- happened yes i agree there's some um there's some rumors as to what joss whedon is going to base his movie off of but it has not been announced all we know is that he's 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 going to do it. He is at the helm of this Batwoman movie. He's at the helm. Is he writing? Is he directing? Is he producing? Is he being just like an advisor? Write, direct, and produce. That's what he does. I mean, I I know it all. I think it's kind of ironic because, I mean, this is the guy who, you know, launched to some degree, not by himself, but I mean, he's the guy who launched the. uh, And uh, John Favreau. Yeah. Give him props. Absolutely. But I mean, those are guys who launched the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we kind of know it now. And not just like, you know, the movies. It's also, you know, he kind of gave his blessing with Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even though his brother and sister-in-law are the showrunners for that. But I mean, he's had his hand in a lot of this stuff. And, you know, it's just funny to hear him moving over to DC uh, for two reasons. Cause I mean, he was the guy who originally went to Warner brothers studios with a proposal for a Warner brothers. I mean, a wonder woman film mm. and then just flat out rejected him. And then, you know, he goes to Marvel and he has great success, even though he eventually got burned out after uh, Avengers age of Ultron. So, you know, I mean, he normally does well with female characters. That's, that's his wheelhouse. So isn't there a uh, Buffy thing happening. It's right like now? a reunion yeah, or reunion anniversary or, or some shit like that. Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, it spoiled it this past Did week. something about it, yeah. yeah. But I, uh, Spike looking old, man. <laughs> I like Joss Whedon, so I'm, I'm excited. Too. You know what? I haven't read any Batgirl books. I'm not very familiar with the character as a standalone character, only as part of the Bat family. But, you know, if anyone can do it, it's going to be him. Man, you know, honestly, though, if he was going to go anywhere and do anything, I would like to have seen him do an Astonishing X-Men for Fox. Mm. Yeah, but you know that they wouldn't. The, Why not? Well, because the creators and everyone around the kind of X-Men universe, it's kind of mucky. You're, you're walking in, you're walking into a... And, and DC's EU, is it? No, but you're, you're, <laughs> Joss Whedon is walking into a new character. He gets to introduce. He gets to control how we see this character. You walk into an X-Men movie, man. I think it would have depended on what time he approached the X-Men. Because, I mean, it was around that time when they did First First Class. Class. But they could do another First Class with Astonishing X-Men. First Class worked. Spider-Man, y'all. Spider-Man, guys. (laughs) What do you think about the Homecoming trailer? Mm, Looks fucking good. I feel like they showed us too much, but it looks so fucking good. Yeah, it looks good. Man, and... uh, even tonally, to see the the link between the movies, even in a trailer, when um, he tells Tony, you know, without the suit, I'm I'm nothing. He goes, then you don't deserve the suit because that's the exact same live the the exact, the exact same like conversation he's had in the last couple of Marvel movies is that if if I especially with Iron Man three, right? Yeah. If I if I can't do right 
without the suits, then I don't deserve the suits. I don't. Which is why I like Iron Man three so much. I mean, people are like, "Oh, he wasn't Iron Man enough," but that was the whole point yeah. of it. Was what so, is it about Tony, Tony Stark, Stark? Is the actual hero? Yeah, Iron Man's a, is a, is an actual outfit he wears. But you know what? Tony Stark is not a poor kid in Brooklyn, so. Uh, that's kind of a false argument for Tony to make. So Spider-Man might leave the MCU after this film. So that is only because a Sony representative said, we don't know what we're doing past the next two films. Because they're going to do, I think the next one's actually called, like they're tentatively calling it Homecoming 2. Mm. Home Alone 2. <laughs> home comes, comes home again. Uh, what Homecoming are, 2. Manhattan. So they... <laughs> We know that that they've got a deal that stretches through the next um, through phase four of of MCU. We know that it lasts that long, and that will also allow them the opportunity to do two more Spider Man films. We don't know if new Venom horror space movie is going to be included in MCU or not. I've heard do we know it's totally, a ho- oh sorry no 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 go on. No, I was going to say what I heard about Venom is that was totally unattached. Uh, to the MCU, which it's is its cool. own thing, and supposedly rated R, which is yeah, and I've heard that as well, and that's fine. Like I'm totally okay with them doing separate things that way. I can enjoy yeah. different parts of different universes, uh, and I think that's been X Men's problem up until just recently. Is like, look, we can do Logan and we can do Deadpool. They don't necessarily have to be in the same universe, but now they're trying because they've been successful. And now they're trying to retcon everything into that that universe. Yeah, but I think part of the problem is with the X Men, you have a lot of characters that you can either make. <laughs> Solo films or other sure. franchise or spinoff films uh, for Spider-Man. There's pretty much just Spider-Man. Yep. So when you get to the point where you're like, oh, we're going to make a a Venom film or a Sinister Six like they were talking. I mean, that was the same way Sony was talking prior to them even striking up this deal yeah. with uh, Marvel Studios where, you know, they're trying to milk the hell out of this property because, you know, how many times are they going to reboot, reboot Spider-Man and do this over and over and over again? Right. But Spider-Man doesn't have all those characters. Now, granted, I mean, I think a smart deal would be, hey, why not do the, um, oh lord, what was it the foes? The, what was the, the book? The Fantastic Foes of Spider-Man. Yeah. What was that book? The Superior, infamous, the Superior Foes of, of, Spider-Man. of Spider-Man. Yeah, that was it. Fantastic Foes. You know, that can work. But I mean, there's only so many variations. I mean, you know, they've talked about Spider-Gwen or, um, dude, if they did Superior Foes of Spider-Man, it could be a fantastic fun movie yeah yeah it could be so good if you handle it right it could be better than suicide squad it, it absolutely would because it's yep. fucking hilarious yeah. the book is amazing and it's even, super funny you don't even have to put spider-man that much all into it he can be sort of a peripheral character but yeah yeah i mean they can do these other tie-in films but yeah i think their approach to it is a little i don't know they're not. Uh, well, it, the nice thing is, is that for as long as they've got the deal with Marvel to do Spider-Man in the MCU, Marvel's got most all of the creative control over that, which is good. They'll, you know, Sony will 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 make most of the money off of it. We'll bankroll it and recoup every bit of the success, but Marvel gets to dictate how Spider-Man shows up in their MCU, mm-hmm. which is fine. <clears throat> Feige's not going to let some bullshit up in there, and I yeah. think that's. It, unlike what we have to be very cautious with, with Warner Brothers, where we don't know what the fuck they're going to do next and what decisions that, you know, we, we can't trust their decision making process. With Spider-Man, we know that Faye's, he's got this, like, ain't gonna be some bullshit. Yeah. Let's talk about some bullshit. Let's. You guys ready? Yes. Let's do this. Let me first talk about some comics that are coming out. All right. <clears throat> Marvel is resurrecting Wolverine, Bruce Banner, and more in Marvel Generations. So here's the thing is that they want to, 
from my perspective, it looks like they want to reintroduce all of the new Marvel superheroes that have different identities to people who have been classic the, Marvel readers. Their predecessors. For instance, Iron Man, <laughs> Tony Stark, Riri Williams, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Miles Morales, written by Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan. Thor, Otison, Jane Foster. So more, more, more of this, you know, Wolverine, Logan, X-23. Well, this is, this so is exactly getting- what DC did. <clears throat> With what? With, with, well, with meat and potatoes. Like this was, this was their whole approach was that reintroduce people to the same people that they've known for years that we've tried to make changes to in the past. That didn't sure. Work. That's similar. Except this is like specifically like the old version and new version of this same superhero, right? Well, if I, if I were to hazard a guess, I mean, judging by the artwork that Alex Ross did, th- these all look to be like, past iterations of those characters. It's not them resurrected. I mean, it's Carol Danvers in her old black mm-hmm. bikini with the red sash. It's Wolverine or Logan in his, you know, orange and brown outfit. The the doo-doo, the yeah. doo-doo taupe outfit. It, it's all it's <laughs> Tony Stark in his Bob Layton era mm-hmm. uh Iron Man armor. So if I if I were to guess anything, I'm assuming these are versions of these characters brought from the past to the present. A la X-Men. Yeah, time tra- Yeah, yeah, exactly. All new X-Men. And that that version. Um maybe Mar- to kind of show up for a little while and say, hey, this is what your future looks like. And hey kid, you know, you're the new so and so. So when I was, you know, doing my thing, you right. know, this is how, how I did it. I I feel like that's why it is. It doesn't necessarily I don't feel like it necessarily means that they're gonna bring these characters back or get rid of the new ones. I yeah. just think it's like, hey, there we're we're connecting the past with the present. Exactly. And the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because it segues into story about the sales rep from um Marvel. And so Koi, I'm gonna let you evenly kind of explain the drama because I think that I'll probably just jump to a conclusion. Once you lay the groundwork to this controversial Marvel moment here. So supposedly from what I understand was that there was a retailer summit <clears throat> with um uh Marvel's PR guy, what was his name again? VP of sales. VP uh, of sales David Gabriel. David Gabriel. And um mm-hmm. he had a member of the online press uh present for this um retailer summit. And I think some things were said that ne- weren't necessarily allowed for consumption by the general public. So that's where the big controversy was, was that, but the, the, the major thing, the even bigger thing was, uh, retailers expressed their concern. And basically this, they have these retailer summits to, summits to try and hear from the people. Like, what is it that we could be doing as a publishing house yeah, to, it, uh, help sales in your store? Right. Like, what are your customers saying to you? If you are Marvel, right. Uh, you could do online polls and things, but. Yeah, nothing's like comic book shop talk though. Yeah. You know, and, and they've always been really good about that because if a, if a, if a title doesn't sell, you can do some online research, but you don't truly know until you really hear what's actually going on. And the reason why this has been such an issue as of late mm-hmm. is because if you look at sales for Marvel comics, none of their books with the exception of star Wars titles have been in the top 10. Uh, that's three star Wars titles. And then if you look at the top 20, they've had five books, three being star Wars and two, I forgot what they were. 
So the thing is, Marvel sales are on the decline right now and they're feeling it and they're trying to figure out what, what other people saying as to why they're not buying our books. And the idea was expressed from retailers. They're saying they're hearing from the customers. Uh, we don't like all the stuff you're doing with these characters in these books. We don't like the fact that you replace Thor with a woman or Captain America is now black, but then the other Captain America is essentially a Nazi. We don't like, you know, there's no Bruce Banner's the Hulk. You have either she Hulk or Asian Hulk, totally awesome Hulk. Uh, you know, just basically the idea is that we don't like all the change. We don't like the diversity and such. And a lot of people, this this came out online. A lot of people are alarmed by that. But, um, you know, and and me working in a comic book store, I can kind of, I I can confirm that that is true. This is the, it, I, that's what I'm hearing from people. There's a backlash to all this change and diversity. A lot of uh, our long-standing readers aren't liking it. Well, and it's 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 funny too because if if something happens and a bad story arc is written and <clears throat> you know well, hot on the heels of Hush, uh, Jim Lee uh, heads over and does a Superman run, and the Superman run's not as good as Hush was, mm-hmm. right? Then people can come out and go like, I didn't really like the uh, Azarella wrote both yeah. those. So it was Azrael and well, Lee. No, Loeb wrote Hush. And then, Azrael and then did, did Superman, Superman, right? But Jim yeah. Lee went from one to the other. For was, tomorrow. Yeah. So when that whole thing happened, it was like, eh, we all bought the first couple issues of the Superman run. Some of us stuck with it. Most of us didn't. But a comic book reader in a store or on an online poll will say something to the effect of, you know, didn't like it. You know, the art was great, but the storyline was muddled. I didn't really care for Azarello Superman and, and the, you know, the things he reintroduced. And they can put a name. And describe for DC why that book didn't sell as well as they hoped it would, right? But when you're talking about this, right, this is one of those reasons why the polls for Trump were so skewed. It's that no one's going to come out and be like, no, nah, I hate a fucking idea of a female president. Fuck that bitch. Some people would, <laughs> but they're vilified instantly for doing so. Right. Um, oh, I'm a white nationalist. I'm going to vote for Trump. No one's going to disclose that information because that's the shit that gets your nuts crushed in public. Like, you're not going to do that. Right. People at the comic book store don't go in like, I wish they just give me back my white male characters. They're not going to say that out loud. What they're going to say is, is, you know, hey, man, I see you're not currently reading Thor. I know that you're a big Thor fan. And they're going to then, eh, I don't really, you know, I'm not really digging the new direction for that. I don't. And because of that, it's a much softer decline because, and that's one of the reasons why Marvel, I think, is having to ask this of, of retailers and of readers. And another reason why retailers are having to say it, like, look. People are buying these fucking books and, you know, they've got a right to. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, at some point, you know, do, does the social aspect of it overshadow the fact that both retailers and Marvel have to run as businesses? You know, I'm sure that might be a factor is the fact that, yeah, I, I, there might be some inherent sexism, racism, whatever at the core of it. Right. And I'm not saying that people, you know, are that way, like they're racist or sexist. It's just that, but I don't even think it's that simple. And that's not even something that's not even Marvel's job necessarily to address or even the retailers. No, no, but uh, uh, you know, I hate to cut you off, but what I'm saying is, is that they don't want to be accidentally labeled that way. They're not racist. They're not sexist. And so it isn't a matter of racism or sexism, but they, they're not as vocal about it as they would be with just a bad, you know, run because they're afraid of that being how it sounds. Well, no, but even beyond that, I mean, what it simply comes down to is the fact that the thing, comic books for a lot of people are comfort food. Mm. So if you hand me a plate of meatloaf and it's just like, you know, processed corn, 
that ain't meatloaf. So, and <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to say that somehow Sam Wilson, Captain America, or Totally Awesome Hulk, or the Mighty Thor are inferior products. But the fact of the matter is the people who come in and they buy this stuff on a regular basis, they are missing that familiarity. Now, whether, oh, sorry, you're going to say something. No, I was just about to say, I kind of agree with you that I'm not sure that all of these books are like as bad. I don't think they're worse than previous Thor books. I just don't think that they're good enough to be different characters and sell to the same people. You know, like I'll, a lot of people will read an X-Men book because they've been reading X-Men books for years. But if you change all of the characters and call it an X-Men book and it's just as good where, and by just as good, I mean, it's not shitty, but it's not like fantastic. People aren't going to buy them because it it isn't their meatloaf. It isn't Mm -hmm. the same thing. It just has the same name. Right. And I mean, I guess looking at the overall history of this, I mean, Marvel's technique for the last decade plus has been to throw out as much stuff as possible, throw anything and everything at the wall and see what sticks and what does stick. They keep and they promote and they continue to produce and the stuff that doesn't, well, it gets canceled or it just kind of comes to a soft ending. But, and, and that's sort of what's given them the edge over DC for as long as it has. I mean, it's part of the reason why DC was so adamant about doing the whole 52 books a month because Marvel has just glutted the market with product so much. So they're like, if we are going to force everybody off the shelf because we're going to put out so much shit on a weekly basis, there's not going to be any room for anyone else, you know, whether it's successful or not, there's gotta be somebody out there that wants to read this. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, and I talked about this earlier, is you know for the longest time in entertainment in general, the go-to demographic has been the white male age 18 to 35. Mm-hmm. Whether it's movies, video games, comic books, whatever the hell, that has been the target demographic for all entertainment. But what a lot of these businesses are seeing is that that demographic is either A, aging out, or B, their taste is changing. They don't want the same stuff that they've been given. So they've kind of proven themselves excuse me, to be unreliable. And Marvel, case in point, has kind of realized that we need to start looking for other demographics to cater to. Sure. You know, women are starting to get interested in comic books. Again, we need to put out a product that's going to pull in a female audience. You know, Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Squirrel Girl is a prime example. Spider Gwen is a prime example. Um, we need to attract people of various ethnicities and, uh, uh, sexual orientations and genders and so on and so forth. So that's why they're putting all this stuff out there. But the thing is, and we've kind of talked about this before, is it more important to try and put out an original character of whatever or, uh, you know, gender, ethnicity, whatever the hell? You know, come up with something unique or original, or does it really count when you take an along established character, like say Captain America? Now the new Captain America is lesbian. You know, um, does that is that a, a blow for, or I guess a, a victory for diversity? And I've even kind of exposed, uh, you know, expressed my personal opinions where it's a little bit column A, a little bit of column B. You know, like going to the whole thing about cyborg. I never asked for Cyborg to be a member of the Justice League and you're not DC isn't doing me a favor by putting him in that book, but maybe it would have meant a little bit more to me had they tried to push John Stewart as opposed to Hal Jordan. But 
all that crap aside, the fact of the matter is Marvel is seeing their sales decline and it's all the books where the, you know, they're have a female lead or whatever. So unfortunately we're in a place where we can say all of these books are failing, Mm -hmm. but the double whammy here. And the, and the reason that you can't blame it on diversity is that Marvel went and made all their books diverse at the same time. So, so, I mean, is it that all of the, like a lot of these books Mm -hmm. just aren't good because there are a lot of new writers that they're, it's not. There's a lot of new talent at Marvel right now, other than your Brian Michael Bendis. Like, do you blame it on the diversity, or do you blame it on the fact that these aren't great books, and because they're different characters, the people who have been reading these okay books don't want to pick it up anymore? Because just it says Thor, but it's not Thor. It's not Odison. So why would I, as a reader who's been following Odison this whole time, be interested in a book that is okay, but it's not like the character that I've been used to reading for the past 20 years. Well, so, and, and let's, let's be perfectly clear. I mean, the, the exact line is that Marvel is not saying they blame diversity. No, you know, they're saying that like our take on diversity is the exact same that it always was. What we're saying is that uh, these sales that our sales have been in massive decline and all of our retails, uh, all of our retailers tell us that their customers don't like diversity. Like they're, they're quoting, Let's not even say they don't like diversity. They don't like, we'll just say change. Now, whether it changes them being more diverse culturally or not, the fact of the matter, you could have replaced Thor with, okay, Thunderstrike. It ain't Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, and, and, you know, but that that was the exact line that David Gabriel used. He said, their retailers are telling us that between them and their customers that they have been noses turned up at our diversity. Yeah. Specifically, that's the quote. And so it's not like Marvel saying, well, now we got to change all this because people don't like diverse books. Right. And again, that's where the controversy comes from is that just like I mentioned earlier, like no one wants to say that's the reason, whether it's the reason or not. I mean, change for any reason is bad. And it's not that people don't like, you know, are sexist or that uh, are racist. They just don't like the change. And it makes it harder to have this conversation because we're specifically not just talking about one white male for another white male. We're not talking about Johnny Blaze and fucking um, Danny Ketch. We're talking about a a white man Mm -hmm. to a black man or a white woman to a Muslim woman. Like Mm -hmm. we're, We're talking about pretty massive shifts in this. And the other thing that you have to take into consideration is what Blake mentioned is that they did a lot of this all at one time. Did did people really get upset whenever Kyle Rayner was replaced with Jon Stewart? Not really, because Superman and Batman stayed the same. And yeah. they could read about Jon Stewart in, in you know, League Adventures with, with it being in cahoots with Batman, Superman, and Flash. Like, those things didn't really change. I don't think it really became a problem until it happened to Captain America and Thor. Because, I mean, you know, with Carol Danvers and, say, Kamala Khan, it's like, okay, well... Carol Danvers got an upgrade and Kamala Khan got shifted into a, a spot that was empty. Um, I do remember there being a lot of pushback when Miles Morales was introduced as opposed to, you know, Peter, ultimate Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. But he those stuck books around. were really good. They, yeah. So still it was being okay. written by the same guy, still drawn by the same person, and it proved itself to be a good book. And it and still it, it still hits several of the same notes, whereas the newer books where they've completely changed the character aren't even the same fucking story. Yeah. And even now that Miles has been brought into the main universe, I mean, you still can have Peter Parker as Spider-Man, and you can still enjoy Miles. Yeah. And, you know, Ms. Marvel is. But I think, you know, going back to Sam Wilson and um, uh, Jane Foster, I think part of the problem is... 
And I've said this before with the internet. Part of the problem is it can make a hundred people sound like a million. Yeah. So if you get a lot of people saying on there, like, I want my diversity and da 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 da. Well, you know, we got to, you know, address this issue. Let's start putting out this product to cater to these people. And you might get a huge push initially for those first few issues. But the thing I saw was that it was strong initially and then it petered out because the books weren't good. In my opinion, I mean, I didn't like or any that of- audience was just a casual, you know, a group of casual readers. That's true. Again, back to the whole is like I read all the Thor books, but Thor isn't my dude. I just read it because it's it's an all right book. Yeah. And then you remove you give you get rid of Odison. You're like, well, I really liked Odison, but I don't I don't need to read Thor if it's not Odison. Yeah. So here's another um, here's another twist on it. Look at Rich Peter Parker in um, it's just Spider Man, right? Where Amazing Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man. Yeah, that book has a totally different Peter Parker. Even though it is Peter Parker, True. he's rich and he's trying to like balance being Spider Man, but also kind of being Tony Stark. And there's a lot going on that isn't at its at its roots really Spider Man. It's not Peter Parker and Spider Man. He doesn't have no. you know and. It's not selling well, and the book is just okay. And me, I'm a Spider-Man guy. I don't read that book anymore because, really, it doesn't feel like Spider-Man. So I think what that comes down to is your your long-term comic book fans, when it comes, they have a limited level of tolerance. They have a threshold, and I think if that rich, you know, billionaire Peter Parker. You know, storyline had lasted, say, six months to a year. I think that would have been fine. And because that's 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 the nature of comic books. They always do something really weird, world shifting, life changing event. And it lasts for a length of time. And then the pendulum swings right back to the middle. You want your status quo superhero. And there are some that need to stay the same. Yeah. Spider-Man, to me, is one of them that he. I think introducing different problems for Peter Parker is important. I think that, you know, giving him a different outlook through maybe different kinds of villains or, you know, is he the villain? Like, there's so many ways to do it, but like totally changing the character and making him a playboy doesn't, that's not, you know, that's the, not the Spider-Man that I grew up with. And I want to read Spider-Man needs to be kind of the same. It needs to be status quo. And I think some characters have to be like that and newer characters don't. Write good books with newer characters that happen to be diverse, Mm -hmm. and you're gonna have, you're not gonna run into this issue that we're talking about now, blaming diversity. I know that no one is pointing fingers. I'm just, for the sake of argument, saying that diversity isn't the issue as much as writing good books. Yeah, and I mean, props to Marvel for even attempting it in the first place. But I mean, it's sort of, I mean, I've, you guys have heard me on here where I'll bitch about Scarlett Johansson playing Matoko Kusanagi, but then I'll also bitch about, you know, how much I don't like Cyborg. I mean, it's one of those things, it's a very ironic thing for me because I am somebody who is pro-diversity, but at the same time, you know, I'm also a huge believer in the uh, philosophy of picking your battles. And, you know, I'm not going to, Tell, you know, the people of the internet to, you know, oh, let it go, you know, da, da, da. That's not it. You tried that I mean, one time. It didn't work. For no, you. it didn't work at all. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is I'd rather, you know, companies like Marvel and DC put their eggs in the basket of, you know, trying to take what characters they do have that are whatever ethnicity, gender or, um, y- you know, uh, whatever and making them better or give them better exposure and such 
um, or try to create new characters that are capable of doing that. But I also understand the mentality of fanboys. You cannot rock the boat with them. It's, you know, I think <laughs> Marvel like is it. Marvel's being introduced to a a very, very fine line to walk here mm-hmm. because I think they're learning they need to have their status quo characters, but at the same time, they need to introduce new characters from different backgrounds and beliefs so that future comic book readers have someone to read. Miss Marvel, even though it's the same name, totally different character, different issues, but classic Spider-Man story. Mm-hmm. You know, the odd woman out uh, has a uh, an interesting family um background you know your uncle dies or for her it's that she comes from a strong muslim family so there's it's the same kind of like story outline but it's it's something that is more apt for today's people than the regular spider-man story so that works and it's a different kind of character but it's also not replacing like as it's not replacing spider-man yeah. So you still you still have your book for your status quo, and you're introducing something else. And I also think that events fatigue has hit Marvel very hard this year because none of the events panned out to be really that good. No, I think pretty much from, and I think part of the problem is you know Marvel has their star writers who every once in a while they'll kind of switch it up who gets to do an event or not. Um, I refuse to read any event spearheaded by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, that's no disrespect to that guy as a person. I'm not a fan of him as a writer. I like his independent stuff before he used to do before he became, he came to Marvel. But I mean, I have hated Age Ultron. What the hell was the point of that story? Like Ugh. none of the event, events ever end or come to a proper conclusion. They end in such a way that it leaves it open for the, it, it's basically a launch pad for the next event. And they seem so pointless and I just don't understand. You know, they say that people want them and I guess they do. I'm not sure, but I mean, you know, it's, it's a weird thing because I hear people complain about events, but yet people still buy them. Events and crossovers should happen because you have so many strong single books that you want to introduce the characters together for like a common problem. It should not just be a reason to sell books and a reason to try to sell other individual books. I think the other problem, I'll say this, I think the other problem Marvel has right now is they put out way too much shit. Because, I mean, we talked about this earlier. I mean, for every title that Marvel, main title Marvel has, there's at least three spinoff books. I mean, for Daredevil, you have Electra, Bullseye, and Kingpin. Guardians of the Galaxy, every single member has their own title. They're, I mean, they're umpteen different Spider-Man books. I mean, I'm, when you know Marvel launched their whole all-new, all-different you know, line, we counted, and there was like 11 different X-Men, X-Men titles and like 12 different Avengers titles. I mean, when you get the shit like where you're doing like Avengers AI and Uncanny Avengers, which technically count as both, or, you know, here's X-Men, but they're all ladies. I mean, like, you know, you get into all these different iterations. About X-X-Men? X-X-Men. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But up science. You know, I was reading an article. I think I brought it up last time about Jesse Sheen from IGN talked about that Marvel is sort of spearheading this era of peak comics where they are just putting out too much product and it's basically flooding out their own stuff. They might very well be their own worst enemies. I mean, coming up, you've got this resurrection 
um, event where they're relaunching all these new X-Men titles. And hopefully it'll be good. But, I mean, it's a lot of damn books. Blue and gold. Blue and gold. You're getting a new, uh, was it Weapon X? Mm-hmm. Cable. Iceman. Did Iceman really need his own book? Jean Grey? You know. But... This is almost the antithesis of the way they run the MCU, and it seems to smack a lot more of the DCEU. We got all these books; we could sell them. Let's fucking sell them. Yeah. But but it's but now we're seeing the, the backlash from it. I will say this: one of the main reasons that I don't read either of the big two much anymore mm-hmm. is because I simply don't have the fucking time, the resources, and I'm not just talking about financially because I could steal these on the internet. I don't have the time to <laughs> steal them from the internet and read them. Yeah. I buy the books that I want to to support the books that I want to see continue. Um, just a thought on that. So Bleeding Cool, who uh, released a lot of this information in the interview with, with David uh, Gabriel, um, is also reporting, and they have been for several weeks now, that Marvel is set to basically uh, about turn on the diversity thing and to do a meat and potatoes, as I mentioned earlier, similar to the way that DC has done meat and potatoes, because that was the name, the code name or, you know, the inside name that they had for getting back to basics with their core superheroes and to giving, you know, readers an opportunity to just read what it was that they wanted to read and maybe not flood so many channels. So I think there's still a way to do both. Cause like Blake said, I mean, you, the, your core yeah, characters, the you're going to have to. <laughs> Your your core characters, you're ultimately going to have to, no pun intended, keep yeah. the same. But there's no reason why, you know, like Miles Morales and Kamala Khan can't still thrive. And like I said, Marvel has examples of other characters that represent diversity. So, you know, now it's time for them to kind of step up with those people and put your better writers and your better artists on those books and promote the shit out of them and kind of tell people who are looking for this stuff that, hey, this does exist. We do have it. Um, they tried a great experiment and it, it failed. But then some books like unexplainably are selling like devil dinosaur, but you know, but that's something that, and I think that's the thing is trying to find that formula where you can pull in multiple demographics where, you know, you're white guys and you're black women and what is a dinosaur? Like, you know, he could be anything. Yeah. I mean, you need to find, they need to find those characters it's literally the reason you'll never see the helmet come off Master Chief. Yeah, because Master Chief can be anybody and everybody, even though we know he's a guy. But no, but but uh, yeah, getting I mean, back to the to the to the, the meat and potatoes of meat and potatoes uh, of of the meat and potatoes conversation. But I mean, but that's how I felt about any of this stuff that they introduced. I didn't think Sam Wilson was going to be Captain America forever. Same with Jane Foster being Thor. I mean, I've What's been around the block a couple fucking Danny times, Pitch. man. I've seen this shit. Like, I, they fooled me once. Yes, I thought they killed Superman forever. And when he came back, fooled me once. So, no. I, so, I'm not surprised. I'm not. But did Steel sell? No, it did not. Yeah. And did Asriel sell? No, After, it did not. Exactly. So I think that there is something to be said uh, about the way in which you introduce diversity. I think that's yes. the main lesson. Um, yes. So let's if it, if it, if Invincible was a book written by Robert Kirkman and mm-hmm. it was a female character instead, and that was a hero in the Marvel universe, would that book have done just as well as it did, um, or was it, or did it do well because it was its own thing? I think it did well because it was its own thing, but. You know, there is a certain level, uh, I think, of inherent 
potential racism or misogyny some longstanding comic fans are going to have to get over to allow them to try other books that don't necessarily reflect themselves or their lifestyle. I mean, I realized a few years ago, I was like, shit, I don't really read a lot of comics with female leads. And I made a point, like, let me try and find something with a female lead that I enjoy. And that led me to Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman. That led me to Greg Rucka on Lazarus. That led me to um, Nate Edmondson's run of Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And it was all good shit. I would recommend to people. Mm-hmm. Marvel, I really hope that you continue to do the diversity thing. You got to figure out a way to make it work. And I feel like that's a two part thing is that you can't leave vestiges. If that's what you want to do is fully embrace going diverse. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't fucking pretend like, Oh, they'll just exist in the same universe. And I'll give very little attention to Tony Stark, but a lot of attention to new female Iron Man. You got to say, this is new Iron Man. And Tony's there as a father figure or whatever, but he isn't fucking Iron Man, not in the slightest bit, or he's dead or, you know, however they've decided that they will move forward with these characters. You can't, you can't go back and go, all right, cool. We're just going to do some of these characters, some of these times and some of these characters, other times you can't do them all at once. And you probably should just do new characters. Like maybe instead of Muslim Miss Marvel, you have a brand new character called Fantastic or something like that. Yeah, but here's the thing is that Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel is one of the higher selling books and it does really well. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, It actually does. I like I said, there have been examples where the diversity has worked and like they I hope they keep those characters around. But like I said, I mean it's I agree with Blake. It is a bit too much all at the same time. And I think people can't handle it. It's just, you know, waking up one morning and everything you knew about whatever is totally altered. Um, but like, I mean, okay. So the one book I do read moon Knight. Yeah. if they replace moon Knight with a black woman, I wouldn't really care unless the story changed, in which case I'd stop reading it. Mm. I don't give a shit. I'd give it a try. Cause I'm, I'm obligated to, cause it's like, I like moon Knight. What is this new take on this character? Well, That's what I'm saying. Like, unless they changed what made it great. Yeah. And, yeah. and without replacing it with something else that was great for no, but if they did that for no reason, why? Right. Yeah. Which, you know, but I mean, as a black guy, you know, Hey, Hey, black guy, you might want to read black Panther. Well, I did read black Panther for like the first six or seven issues. And I found it incredibly boring. Even though I love the artwork by Brian Stelfreeze and Chris Sprouse, it's a fucking boring story. I ain't buying the shit no more. That shit was boring. Yeah, it was good. But, but like too, I, I'm too not. I'm, yeah, I'm not smart enough to read that book for real. Yeah, like, I and I like Tennessee Coates, but yeah, yeah. I, for me, and this will be the last I say about it. Just focus on writing good books and let your writers bring you characters of different backgrounds. Don't worry about. Don't worry about it. Just write good books and let it happen. And I guess my advice to comic book fans is. Try to step outside your wheelhouse every once in a while and you look for shot. something. Yeah, because I mean, read a DC book. <laughs> oh, that's right. They've been doing that. <laughs> Fucking read Saga. If you can't handle uh, a female Thor, read Saga. That'll blow your mind. Yeah, there's a bunch of white people in that. Go read that. Lots, they're they're, they're lots, definitely not white. <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of butt sex and yeah. trans people and there's, stuff. Yeah. Get your world opened up. There's a, there's a line in like the third or fourth issues of, of saga where, um, she goes, didn't I tell you not to do that? He goes, no, I believe the line that you used was I'm about to come like a dump truck. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good book. It's a good, book. <laughs> a good book. Hey, you guys want to play a game? Sure. This game's called Gary. What? 
This call, this game is called Gary. Have you guys not that scene living with Jigsaw where the guy Gary, his roommate is Jigsaw from the Saw movies and he goes to like brush his teeth and oh, there's yeah. mouse traps everywhere and he's just like, God damn it, Jigsaw, Gary. And he just like says his name a whole lot. <laughs> You'll have to make a choice. Are your teeth more important than the pain? <laughs> Gary. Shit is funny. Oh God. Gary. This is, this game is called Gary. And we're going to talk about the alcohols that Gary drinks. Stop ruining my life. <laughs> Stop ruining my podcast. What if I just started calling this my podcast? And I'm like, no, you don't really think that. I'll take the... I don't know how many listeners I, I account for for this podcast. <laughs> I'm taking my six listeners and I'm going home. <laughs> you take, you're at least, um, at least one third of the microphone, so you're very important. This is one of those Amos' mom. Yeah, no. she's, she's with me. <laughs> I like that smiling Dave guy. <laughs> He says what I'm thinking. <laughs> hey, what you think they drank? That's the name of this game. Mm. What you drinking? Blue milk, probably. What you drinking? So, of all of the comic book characters that I'm going to present to you, we're assuming that they drink mm. alcohol. You have to tell me what they drink and what the name of that drink served at a bar would be if it's not something like scotch. So, if I said Iron Man, you would say... Whiskey. Oh, well, I was going to try to go for a specific brand, but okay. Yeah, you know, like some kind of scotch or whiskey. So that's okay. where we're going here. He he definitely seems like a scotch man to me. Glenn Fittich or... Really? I would think... Glenn like, Livett. I would I think, think Johnny Walker Red. I think old school God, He has so Iron much man. money. Why would he drink that? Because, if yeah. because, <laughs> because like it's what he's trying to... I drink... Uh, I, actually, I don't even drink that. And I don't have that What about money. Blue Label? No, I don't drink Johnny Walker at all. He would drink Goldschlager. Yeah, I think he'd drink Glenfiddich. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'd at least agree on the type here. Okay. So I'm going to start with a hard one. Okay. Captain America. Oh, he doesn't drink at all, man. He's a teetotaler. Yeah. He isn't a straight edge. He's a teetotaler. Yeah. And if he has anything, it's a domestic beer. Yeah. So we're going. What happened to Budweiser? What's a. What's a duck rabbit hopium series? Yeah. He's totally not hip to that. The Joker. Turpentine. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's gotta be like Okay. So the name of the name of the mixed drink is a turpentine. You get it at a bar, what's in it? Turpentine. Paint, <laughs> Paint and turpentine. <laughs> they cancel each other out. You can drink it, see, because they cancel each other out. It doesn't work that way, Joker. <laughs> but it does for me. The so, Ant Man. A thimble. A thimble's worth of... He strikes me He strikes me as a rum guy. Rum? Yeah, because rum's the fun liquor. Rum and tequila are the fun liquors. I would go with like a pina colada for some reason. I don't know why. Fresh out of prison, just coming on home and drinking a, a pina colada. Are we colada. talking about Hank Pym yeah, or Scott right. Lang? Now, if we're talking about Hank Pym, it's whatever makes you beat your wife. So it's probably some full-on <laughs> <laughs> wife-beating fuel. So cheap whiskey... That's what you beat your wife with. I was going with Scott Lang. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's a pina colada man. Yeah. Right? From a thimble. Yeah, from a thimble. But Hank Pym definitely drinks cheap, cheap whiskey. Superman. But it would be pointless for him to drink he, liquor. Yeah. Or it has no effect on him whatsoever. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think you drink? Nothing. Isn't there, isn't there a drink called Kryptonite? Isn't it like a bunch of like, it's like green, well, it, well, it's like hypnotic. We can all agree of- that all the Superman needs to do to do drugs or drink is to take a shot of kryptonite and then drink whatever he wants. I'd be, I'd be all night up on that 
I'll be on that kryptonite. Yeah. I'll be on that kryptonite. <laughs> It's you like, remember that song? It's like Donna Oh, yeah, I remember it. I'm just Midori. refusing to remember it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, now, hold on. That track is hot. Yeah. Boo. That's, okay. <laughs> you have Outcast to thank for that. That track is hot. That purple ribbon. You can tell me that purple ribbon is bad. Nope. Word. Talking about ribbons, what character drinks Pap's Blue Ribbon? I mean, uh, who's, the, who's the brokest? Peter Parker. Peter Parker. He probably he's so poor. He, yeah, he would drink that or uh, Natural Bohemian or mm-hmm. uh, Milwaukee's Nettie Best Bo. or or Jack Knight Starman because yeah, he, Starman Jack Knight because he's such a hipster. Yeah, he would drink Peter. He would. He's Aquaman. Seawater. Something drinks. salty. Whatever he drinks, it's probably something salty. Uh, it would have to be a, a dirty martini then because that's as salty as it yeah. gets. That's mm-hmm. like basically just salt that gets you drunk. Blech. Or yeah. margarita. Got salt around the rim. Well, I mean, you know, he's from a fishing community. I mean, he's more familiar with life on the surface world. Groot. Mm. Entwash. Is that the name of the stuff from Entwash. the Lord of the Rings that makes the hobbits grow a little bit? <laughs> Something maple flavored. Like candy some, bacon. Oh no, vodka? no, maybe maybe something with vodka because yeah, vodka has a very uh, piney taste yeah. to it. So, well, no, piney. You're gonna go with gin. Gin, yes, gin is very piney. Yeah, beef eater. That's what he. Beef eater. Yeah, yep. I can see him do he that. He drinks Tangeray, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and Rocket just makes fun of him and drinks whatever he wants because Rocket just drinks. Well, he's a different species. He might he might just drink ammonia. Like we don't. <laughs> he drinks dumpster water. <laughs> Class A prevert. <laughs> Grown up Archie. Adult Archie. I don't know, because when I think of Archie, I associate him with root beer floats. So. Spiked root beer floats. Yeah. Yeah, he hangs out at Chuck's a lot. Okay. Vodka yeah. goes well. Or, yeah. I mean, or whiskey. You could put whiskey in, in root beer, just mm-hmm. like you can Crown mm-hmm. and Coke. Aunt May. She needs what? Now it depends on what kind of day she's had. She can't drink because it affects her arthritis medicine. Her rheumatoid arthritis. She smokes weed. Yes, <laughs> she, she smokes, smokes medicinal <laughs> marijuana. That's the alcohol Aunt May drinks. It helps with my glaucoma. <laughs> she Peter, has, she gets that fucking that weed, honey. Peter, massage my feet, please. That weed honey is for real. I was going to say, have you ever had that weed honey? I did just last no, that, week. That weed honey is so legit. <laughs> I went to California and got listen, me some weed honey. Listen, I don't fuck with actual honey, but weed honey? Yeah. Star-Lord. Whatever the woman that he's talking to is ordering. I'll have mm. one as well. I yeah. see him as like getting a a one of those fake martinis. You know, you call it a martini, but it's really like... A Shirley Temple or something yeah. like that. It's like he a, drinks a Zima. He's a girl drink drunk. Well, you got to imagine, he's a kid of the 80s. Yeah. He left Earth when he was like, what, seven or eight years old? The drinks that he knew as a child, all the bullshit drinks they had in the 80s. Cherry Coke and whiskey is what he drinks. (laughs) What about Omega Red? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does Omega Red drink? Vodka. Straight vodka. Vodka and energy drink. Yeah, a Red Bull and vodka. That's what. (laughs) That's exactly right. God, is, is Omega Red still a character? Do they still use him for anything? I, last time I saw him was that whole Uncanny X-Force. Look, make book. Omega Red a black Russian girl. <laughs> I thought you were going to say great again. I started laughing. <laughs> make Omega, Omega Red, Red great again. All right. I felt like we've gone on long enough. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming in. Uh, we had a long conversation. I appreciate your 
thoughts and feelings on multiple... Ah, fuck this. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to The Comic Trope. Next time, we'll be talking about similar stuff with different opinions. No. False. Next time, we'll be talking about The Vision. Are you sure? Yeah. If we don't, then I will have been made a fool of for having read that book. <laughs> Although it was a great book, so I'm glad that book. I did read it. If you want to catch me at Canadian Blake, if you want to catch Dave at Count Paper, if you want to catch Sequoia, check out uh, a comic book store on Glenwood. I'm on Instagram. You on the, you on the Insta? I'm on the ground. Sequoia 2000. I'm under the Mighty Sequoia. You can check him out at the Mighty Sequoia on Instagram. And until next time... So Sequoia doesn't actually post things on Instagram. He just sends us shit that he finds from his feet, which is the correct way to use Instagram because I also do not post things on Instagram, but I send things to my friends. I want y'all knowing my shit. Read a fucking comic. What, like sex criminals? Or saga, for that matter?